Hi there, welcome to the Kids Way Podcast. We are a podcast committed to helping kids stay in the way of the King. And if you've never heard of King Jesus, well get ready, you are going to love Him. We pray that you would also learn more about what it means to be on His narrow way. We also use various tools to encourage and teach, from fictional stories to scripture reading, to music, and sometimes even bringing in some kids to contribute. You can find us online at www.kidsway.ca and there you will find links to our Facebook page and also other info about Kidsway. Before getting into today's episode, we want to thank Jamie Souls for allowing us to use his wonderful music collection. If you would like to check out more of Jamie's music, you can find him at soulmusic.ca. That's www.solmusic.ca. Well, let's get to the story. We pray you are encouraged and pointed to King Jesus through today's episode. Welcome back to the Kids Way Podcast. I know it's been some time since we've uploaded an episode. We're coming into Christmas time and the new year. But I am very excited about this chapter where Pilgrim comes to House Beautiful and actually had my wife join in and help out with some voices on this chapter. So I know you're going to enjoy that. Before we jump in, we'll listen to a song from Jamie Souls, which I think is fitting along with this chapter from Pilgrim's Progress, which is Highways to Zion from Jamie Souls. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God they sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself. Where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. My King and my God, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose hearts are the highways to Zion. covers it with pools 
They go from strength to strength Each one appears before God in Zion From strength to strength Every one of them Look on Jesus For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God Than dwell in the tents of wickedness For the Lord God is a sun and shield the Lord gives favor and honor No good thing does He withhold From those who walk uprightly O Lord of hosts Blessed is the one who trusts in You Blessed are those whose strength is Chapter 8. The Pilgrim Meets the Family I saw in my dream that Christian moved hastily toward the palace and went forward so that if possible he could get lodging there. Now before he had gone far, he entered into a very narrow passage that was about an eighth of a mile from the porter's lodge. Looking very closely as he went, he saw two lions in the way. Now, Christian thought, I see the dangers that drove back mistrust and fearful. The lions were chained, but Pilgrim did not see the chains, so he was afraid. He considered going back and following mistrust and fearful, for he thought nothing but death was before him. But noticing that Christian paused as if he would go back, the porter, whose name was Watchful, cried out to him, saying, is your strength so small? Don't fear the lions, for they are chained. They are placed there for the trial of faith, to find out where it is and to reveal those who have none. Stay in the middle of the path, and no injury will come to you. Then I saw that Christian walked on. He trembled for fear of the lions. He heard their roar, but... Heeding the directions of the porter, they did not harm him. He clapped his hands with joy and went on until he came and stood before the gate where the porter was. Then Christian said to the porter, 
Sir, what is this house? Might I stay here tonight? The porter answered, This house was built by the Lord of the Hill, and he built it for the relief and security of pilgrims. The porter also asked Christian where he came from and where he was going. Christian answered him, I've come from the city of destruction, and I'm going to Mount Zion. Because the sun is now set, I desire to stay here if possible. What is your name? asked the porter. Now, my name is Christian, he told him, but my name used to be Graceless. I descended from the race of Japheth, whom God persuaded to dwell in the tents of Shem. But how is it that you arrived so late? inquired the porter. The sun has set. I would have been here sooner, explained Christian, but, wretched man that I am, I slept in the arbor that stands on the hillside. No, besides that, I would have been here much sooner if I hadn't lost my evidence. I traveled without it to the top of the hill, and then, feeling for it and not finding it, I was forced to go back with a sorrowful heart to where I slept. I recovered it, and now I'm here. The porter said, Well, I will call out the virgins of this place. According to the rules of the house, if she likes your explanation, she'll bring you into the company of the rest of the family. So Watchful, the porter, rang a bell, and at the sound of the bell a beautiful and serious-looking girl named Discretion came out of the door and asked why she had been called. The porter answered, This man is in a journey from the city of destruction to Mount Zion. But being weary and overtaken by the night, he asked me if he might lodge here for tonight. So I told him I would call for you. After talking with him, you may do what seems fit to you according to the law of the house. She asked Christian where he had come from and where he was going, and he told her. She also asked him how he got in the way, and he told her. Then she asked him what he had seen and met with in the path, and he told her that also. At last she asked for his name, and so he told her, It's Christian, and I have an increasing desire to stay here tonight since by what I observed this place was built by the Lord of the Hill for the relief and security of pilgrims. So she smiled, but tears stood in her eyes, and after a short pause she said, I will call upon two or three more of the family. With that, she ran to the door and called out Prudence, Piety, and Charity, who after a little more discussion with him, led him into the family. Many of the members of the family met him at the threshold of the house and said, Come in, you who are blessed of the Lord. The Lord of the hill built this house for the purpose of caring for such pilgrims. Then he bowed his head and followed them into the house. When he had come in and was seated, they gave him something to drink. Then they agreed together that until supper was ready, and in order to make the best use of the time, some of them should discuss certain things with Christian. They appointed piety, prudence, and charity to talk with him. And so they began. Come, Christian, said piety. Since we've been so loving to you as having received you into our house tonight, 
Let's talk with you about all the things that have happened to you in your pilgrimage, so that perhaps we may better ourselves by it. Gladly, said Christian. I'm happy that you desire to do so. Piety then asked, What caused you at first to take upon yourself the life of a pilgrim? To which Christian responded, I was driven out of my native country by a dreadful sound in my ears, that is, news of living in the place where I was. But, continued Piety, How is it that you come out of your country this way? It was as God would have it, answered Christian. For when I was experiencing the fears of destruction, I didn't know which way to go. But, by chance, a man came to me as I was trembling and weeping. His name is Evangelist, and he directed me to the narrow gate, which I wouldn't have ever found otherwise. Anyway, he set me into the path that has led me directly to this house. But didn't you come by the house of the interpreter? Yes, said Christian, and I saw such things there that the memory of them will stick with me as long as I live. This is especially true of three things. First, how Christ, in spite of Satan, maintains his work of grace in the heart. Second, how the man had sinned himself quite out of the hope of obtaining God's mercy. And third, the dream of him who thought in his sleep the day of judgment had come. Why did you hear him tell his dream? Inquired Piety. Yes, answered Christian. And I thought it was a dreadful one. It made my heart ache as he was telling about it. But I'm still glad I heard it. Was that all you saw at the house of the interpreter? Asked Piety. No, said Christian. He took me and led me to a place where he showed me a stately palace and how the people in it were dressed in gold. I saw there an adventurous man who came and cut his way through the armed men who stood in the doorway to keep him out. I was also shown how he was invited to come in and win eternal glory. These things carried away my heart. I could have stayed at that good man's house for a year, but I knew I had further to travel. Then Piety asked, And what else did you see in your journey? Saw, exclaimed Christian. Why, I went just a little farther and saw, as I thought in my mind, a man hung bleeding upon a tree. The very sight of him made my burden fall off my back. I had groaned under a weary burden, but then it fell down from off me. It was a strange thing to me, for I never saw such a thing before. And while I stood looking up, and I couldn't keep from doing so, three shining individuals came to me. One of them declared that my sins were forgiven. Another stripped me of my rags and gave me this embroidered coat, which you see. And the third set upon me the mark you see in my forehead and gave me this sealed document. With that, he removed it out of his coat. But you saw more than this, didn't you? Inquired Piety further. Christian continued, The things I've told you were the best, yet I saw other lesser matters. As I traveled, I saw three men wearing leg irons. Their names were Simple, Sloth, and Presumption, and they lay asleep a little out of the path. But do you think I could wake them up? I also saw formality and hypocrisy come climbing over the wall to go, 
as they pretended, to Zion. But they were quickly lost, even as I warned them. They wouldn't believe me, though. But above all, I found it hard to work to get up this hill, and just as hard to pass by the mouths of the lions. Really, if it hadn't been for the porter, the good man who stands at the gate, I might have gone back again. But now I thank God I'm here, and I thank you for accepting me. Then Prudence thought it good to ask him a few questions and desired to hear his answer to them. She asked, Don't you sometimes think of the country you came from? Christian answered her, Yes, but with feelings of shame and abhorrence, for if I had been thinking of the country I had left, I would have had opportunity to return. Instead, I'm longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Don't you still carry with you some of the things that you were acquainted with there? Yes, admitted Christian, but much against my will, especially my inward and worldly thoughts. All my fellow countrymen, as well as I myself, were delighted in them, but now all those things are my grief. If I could have my own way, I would choose never to think of those things again. But when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Prudence responded. But don't you find that at times it's as if those things were conquered that at other times cause you confusion? Yes, said Christian. But seldom those times, however, are golden hours to me in which such things happen. Prudence continued her questioning. Can you remember what causes your annoyances to be as if they were conquered? Yes, answered Christian. When I think about what I saw at the cross, that will do it. And when I look upon my embroidered coat, that will do it. Also, when I look into the document I carry next to my heart in my coat, that will do it. And when my thoughts are warmed about where I am going, that will do it. Prudence then asked, and what is it that makes you want so much to go to Mount Zion? Why, I hope to see alive there the one who hung and died on the cross, said Christian. For to tell you the truth, I love him because my burden was eased by him. And there I hope to get rid of all those things that to this day are in me and that are an annoyance to me, for I'm weary of my inward sickness. They say there is no death there, and that I'll dwell there with such company as I like best. I desire to be where I shall die no more, and with the company that shall cry continually, Holy, holy, holy. Then Charity said to Christian, Do you have a family? Are you a married man? Yes, answered Christian. I have a wife and four small children. And why didn't you bring them along with you? inquired Charity. Christian then began to weep and said, Oh, how willingly I would have done it! But all of them were absolutely opposed to my leaving on the pilgrimage. But you should have talked to them and tried to show them the danger of being left behind, counseled Charity. I did, said Christian, and I also told them what God had shown me concerning the destruction of our city but I appeared to them to be like a mocker, and they didn't believe me. And did you pray to God that he would bless your witnessing to them? Asked Charity further. Yes, and I did so with much passion, answered Christian, for you must know that my wife and poor children were very dear to me. Then Charity asked, 
But did you tell them of your own sorrow and fear of destructions? For I suppose that destruction was visible enough to you. Yes, said Christian. Over and over and over. They could also see my concern in my expression, in my tears, and also in my trembling due to my understanding of the judgment hanging over our heads. But all of that was not sufficient to cause them to come with me. But what could they say for themselves as an excuse for not coming? Asked Charity. Christian explained. Why, my wife was afraid of losing this world, and my children were carried away with the foolish delights of youth. So because of one thing or another, they left me to wander like this alone. But didn't you make the words you used to persuade them ineffective by your vain life? Asked Charity. True, I can't commend my life, answered Christian, for I'm fully conscious of my many failings. I also know that by the life he lives, a man can quickly destroy what he, by reasoning and through persuasion, has worked to give others for their good. Yet, I can say this, that I was very wary of giving them an occasion to make themselves opposed to going on the pilgrimage, based upon any improper action on my part. And because of that, they would tell me that I was too righteous, and that I denied myself things, for their sakes, in which they saw no evil. No, I think I can say that if they saw anything in me that hindered them, it was my great sensitivity toward sinning against God, or toward doing any wrong to my neighbor. Charity then stated, Yes, Cain hated his brother, because his own actions were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Now if your wife and children have been offended by you for this, then they've shown themselves by that to be merciless toward good, and you've delivered your soul from responsibility for their end. Now I saw in my dream that they sat talking together like that until supper was ready. When they had made ready, they sat down to eat. The table was furnished with the best of meats and the finest of wines. All their conversation at the table was about the Lord of the hill, such as what he had done, why he did it, what he did, and why he had built that house. From what they said, I perceived that he had been a great warrior and had fought with and slain the one who had the power of death, but that he hadn't done it without a great danger to himself, and this made me love him all the more. For as they said, and as I believe Christian said, he did it by shedding a great deal of blood. But what put the glory of grace into all he did was that he did it out of pure love for his country. And besides, there were some of those in the household who said they had seen and spoken with him since he died on the cross. They affirmed they heard from his own lips that he loves poor pilgrims so much that there isn't anyone like him to be found from the east to the west. Beyond that, they gave an example of what they declared, and that was, he had stripped himself of his glory in order to do this work for the poor. And in addition, they heard him say and affirm that he would not live in the mountain of Zion alone. In addition, they said he had made many pilgrims into princes, even though they were born needy and though they were originally from the ash heap. They talked together this way until late at night, and after they had committed themselves to their Lord for protection, they retired for the night. 
They gave Pilgrim a large room upstairs in which to sleep. The room had a window which opened toward the east to catch the sunrise. The name of the bedroom was Peace, and Christian slept there until the break of day when he awoke and sang, Where am I now? Is this the love and care of Jesus for the men that pilgrims are? Thus to provide that I should be forgiven and dwell already next to the door to heaven. They all got up in the morning, and after more conversation, they told him that he should not leave until they had shown him the excellence of that place. First, they led him into the study, where they showed him records of the greatest antiquity. As I remember in my dream, they first showed him the lineage of the Lord of the Hill, how he was the son of the Ancient of Days, and came by an eternal generation. The acts he had done were also more fully recorded here along with the names of many hundreds who had taken into his service, and how he had placed them in dwelling places that could not be dissolved by either length of days or decays of nature. Then they read to him some of the worthy acts of some of his servants, such as how they had conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, had their weakness turned into strength, became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies. Then they read again in another part of the records of the house where it was shown how willing their lord was to receive anyone into his favor, even though in the times past they had shown great disrespect for his character and actions. There were historical accounts here of many other honored things, and Christian looked at them all. These were things both ancient and modern, together with prophecies and predictions of things that are certain to be fulfilled to both the dread and alarm of enemies and the comfort and cheer of pilgrims. The next day they took Christian and led him into the armory where they showed him all kinds of equipment that their Lord had provided for pilgrims. This equipment included the sword, shield, helmet, breastplate, prayers, and shoes that will not wear out. There was enough of all of this there to equip for the service of their Lord as many people as there are stars in the sky for multitude. They also showed him some of the weapons with which some of his servants had done amazing things. They showed him Moses' staff, the hammer, the tent peg, with which Jael killed Sisera, and also the jars, trumpets, and torches that Gideon used to vanquish the armies of Midian. Then they showed him the ox goad that Shamgar used to slay six hundred men. They also showed him the jawbone that Samson used to do such mighty deeds. Besides that, they showed him the sling and stone that David used to slay Goliath of Gath, and the sword that their Lord will use to kill the man of lawlessness in the day when he will confront his prey. They showed him many other excellent things that delighted Christian. With this done, they retired to sleep. Then I saw in my dream that he got up the next day to travel on, but they desired to have him stay for yet another day. Then, if the day is clear, we will show you the delightful mountains. They said it would further add to his comfort because the mountains were nearer to the desired sanctuary than where he presently was. So he agreed and stayed. When morning came, they led him to the top of the house and asked him to look south. So he did. And there, at a great distance, he saw a very pleasant-looking mountainous country made beautiful with woods, vineyards, fruits of all kinds, flowers, springs, and fountains. They were delightful to behold. 
Then he asked the name of the country, and they told him it was Emmanuel's land. It's just as common, they said, for pilgrims to walk through and experience that land as it is for them to experience this hill. And when you arrive there, you'll be able to see that gate of celestial city as the shepherds who live there will reveal. Now Christian reminded himself of traveling on, and they were willing that he should. But first, let's go into the armory again. So they did, and when he got there, they fitted him from head to foot with equipment that had proven effective. This was done for the event he might be assaulted in the way. Being prepared then, he walked out with his friends to the gate and asked the porter if he had seen any other pilgrims pass by. The porter answered, Yes. Tell me, said Christian, how did you know him? I asked for his name, answered the porter, and he told me it was faithful. Oh, said Christian, I know him. He's from my town, a close neighbor of mine. He comes from the place where I was born. How far do you think he is ahead of me? Well, by this time he has reached the bottom of the hill, said the porter. Well, said Christian, may the Lord be with you and increase all your blessings for the kindness you have shown me. Then he began to journey on. Discretion, piety, charity, and prudence decided to accompany him down to the foot of the hill. So they went on together, restating their earlier discussions until they came to the start of the descent down the hill. Then Christian stated, As far as I can see, it's just as dangerous going down the hill as it was coming up. Yes, it is, for it's a difficult matter for a man to go down into the valley of humiliation as you are doing, without losing his footing along the way. Therefore, we've come out to accompany you down the hill. And so they began the descent very carefully, but even then he lost his footing a time or two. Then I saw in my dream that when Christian got down to the bottom of the hill, these good companions gave to him a loaf of bread, a bottle of wine, and a cluster of raisins. Then Christian went his way. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my hand. I cried aloud to the Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Tune in next time and we'll see what happens as our story continues. Remember, if you would like to write to us or find out more information, you can find us online at www.kidsway.ca. And don't forget to head over to www.soulmusic.ca to find many more songs that Jamie Souls has written and recorded. See you next time. May God bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. 